0: And we're back. It's me, Preston, your co-host. Uh, no, Venuya. your host, co-host Raymond <laughs> Venuya. Um, <laughs> What's up, um? We're back. Uh, week three. We're in. We're in the grind. I didn't write an intro this time. I'm, I'm kind of unprepared. I've been a little bit busy, but uh, today we're gonna talk about Spider-Man. All oh, that yeah. good stuff. Spider-Man: Far there. From Home released. Spider-Man: Far From Home released on Tuesday. Uh, July second, which is kind of weird. I've already seen it twice. I've got a lot of thoughts on the film. I'm ready to release those thoughts, <laughs> get all that out, um, as I'm sure you are. Oh yeah! So I'm
1: excited for this one. Like I, since yeah. we started three weeks, in, I mean, we don't even need an intro. Or two weeks, three weeks in, they know who we are. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really excited for this one. This uh, I've been looking forward to Spider Man for a while.
0: Yeah, this is this is one of my most hyped films of uh of the summer of the year, really. Um, so I'm very excited for it. That being said, before we get into that, I wanna talk about something just on my mind that I wanna get get off my chest r- real quick here. Um Does it grind your gears? I'm gonna it it grinds my gears. I'll say <laughs> that. It grinds my gears, really butters my biscuit. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative thing to say. I could have sworn that was positive, but we get the picture. I'm from the South, so I've just heard it. But point being, it annoys me. Um, some people, there, there was a casting. Let's just say there was a casting that came out this week. A big casting casting news came out over a certain Disney live action remake. I will not say the name, but I just want to make a point before we get started if you're listening, um, you should know that if a character's race does not intrinsically it's if it's not intrinsically essential to who that character is or the story doesn't demand that the character be a certain race for the story to progress, it doesn't matter what race they are. For real, so, for real. So, so if if that's just if that's something that you've been thinking about recently in light of recent events i don't know i don't know stuff happens but uh we just want to i just thought i would bring that up because there are there are some characters where their race matters you know um the disney princesses such as tiana who by the way first black disney princess wasn't introduced until 2009 that's over 70 years.: is that movie After really the that first.: new? Holy crap.: Yeah, yeah, it's new. It's new. And that movie is over 70 years after the first Disney Princess movie. So take that as you will. But she wasn't introduced till 2009. Her character is very much r- rooted in her culture yeah. and in her race. So, so you can't cast a white Tiana. But if we're gonna do that, I saw there was a Twitter post that was like, "So why don't we just make Tiana white?" And that's like, okay, I think then we can make the all point. the white princesses black. That seems like a fair trade. It's not because there's only one black princess. Um, point being, she should be black, right? If they yeah. ever end up making a live action <laughs> princess, princess and, the, and frog, the Frog, she should be black. You know that her character's tied to that. Another Disney princess, Merida. She's white, but her story is very rooted in Scottish culture, and that's a part of her character. So it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to make her a different race. Does that make sense? You know, you know what I'm saying here. That I'm makes hoping, sense to me at least. I mean, hoping hoping the listeners are picking up on what I'm putting down. Um, her, you know, it just. Seems like the logical thing. So, you know.
1: Yeah, all I'm going to say... And those characters,
0: that... <laughs> even beyond that, one more thing. Those characters are human beings. So they actually have races. The character in question, maybe you have guessed by now, is not a human being. They're a fish. So does she even have a race? Do we know? No? I don't think we know. I, don't, I mean, she's got a color of skin, but... I mean... She's not, she's a fish. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yo, you can give I'm, your two cents if you want.
1: All I'm going to say on that one is just, if their race isn't important or essential to their character, it really does not matter what race they are, whether they're white, black, yellow, Puerto or Rican, or Haitian. Thank you, Tribe Called Quest. But yes, it really does not matter. <laughs> I mean, why can't, I don't know, let's just throw out an example. Ariel, I don't know be black who's that i don't know who's that it's i don't know you know He's i the first one that came to my mind you know it's just like <laughs> why not you know like what, what's the big deal there now if you made milan white there's a problem there if you made milan black right. there's yeah. a problem that's a very that's Asian a character that needs to kind yeah. of be asian but i don't know for me it's just like yeah and oh there's an argument i saw on twitter too was yeah well in the original book Okay, I get you in the original book, but does her being white have anything have anything to do with the character or struggle or anything? No? Yeah, I don't think so. So, I mean, I don't think it really yeah. matters. And yeah. for me, honestly, the last thing I got to say is y'all got to stop, you know, sticking to the source material like it's the law. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. They okay can make her purple, blue, things. red. I don't care. Do whatever. Yeah, she's a fish. But that's, Anyways, that's that. That being said, uh, let's let's move on to to some more maybe lighthearted discussion. Um, if you took issue with the last five minutes of the podcast, uh, sorry, but we're gonna move on. Uh, no, I'm not so, sorry, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really sorry either. <laughs> let's talk about Spider Man Far From Home. So, like we said, uh, this is a movie that we've been hyping up for a long, long time, um, but. If you're listening right now and you haven't seen Spider-Man: Far From Home, I'm going to give you a spoiler warning right now. The rest of the podcast is going to be heavy spoilers for Spider-Man: Far From Home. So if you have seen the movie, stick around. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, you can get out. Or if you don't care, then keep keep listening. We're glad to have you along. For uh, Uh, I mean, I don't care about
1: spoilers, so you know, even if I hadn't seen the movie, I'd have kept listening because I love spoilers. (laughs) Unless so, if you're like but yeah,
0: if you're like Raymond and you don't care about your spoilers, then then you can you can stay. Um so let's let's dive right in. What are let's how do I, how do I go about this? Let's just say initial takeaways. Give, let's just go. Give for me it. your overall thoughts. You go first. Your overall thoughts on Far From
1: Home. It was really good. I mean, yeah, later in the show we'll do our ranking, but it's pretty up there for me in terms of the Spider-Man movies and in terms of MCU movies in general. I mean, yeah, it was just Really well made. I mean, I think the cinematography. I know they had some of the people who worked on the Amazing Spider-Man two on that on that cast now, right, or on that crew for all the web sl- uh, slinging and stuff
0: like that. I thought yeah, they had them. Yeah. They had a Amazing Spider-Man two crew on for some of the some of that and a lot of the visual effects team. Yeah, because and that
1: was like the first thing I noticed. I was like, wow the visual effects and like the cinematography and just the way it moves. I was like, this looks really good. And that's the one thing that for me, it took a giant jump from home coming to far from home. But that, that was like the first thing. The second thing was damn Spider-Man's really nailing it with the villains. I mean, Mysterio, I love that Mysterio wasn't like his major twist of him being bad. Wasn't the biggest part about the movie. So for people who weren't, who Aren't you know casual moviegoers, the ones that know a little bit more about comic books and stuff? We were like, oh, okay, at least that wasn't the one thing that was supposed to like hype us up and be the main turning point because it's like, oh, well, we could have guessed that. But then I have yeah. friends who were like, Mysterio was the villain? Oh my, that was crazy! <laughs> and I was just like, this is why, yeah, that was my thing. I was like, you know what? That was a really good move on Marvel's part or on the writer's part. I was just like, wow, that was really good. But aside from that, if, I really enjoyed it. But what about but you? What are your initial say... takeaways?
0: Let's say if a character's in a Spider-Man movie and he's wearing green, odds are it's the villain. Just just saying. You know, wow, Mysterio, Green Goblin, that. Vulture, uh, Comic Book Electro. So, yeah, just, you know, most wow, of...
1: That's great. I never thought most about of, that. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a reason that they went with the blue look for Jamie Foxx's Electro. Which Doc Ock is the, even that green. That
1: was dope. Uh, and Doc Ock is yeah.
0: green. He wears a green coat. Yes. Yep. It's a lot, a lot of green. So, uh, if you could have told by the colors, Mysterio was the bad guy. Shocker. Um, so, my overall thoughts on Far From Home. I, ah, I get, I get very frustrated thinking about this movie, for a couple of reasons. I, I love Spider Man. I'm a massive Spider Man fan. He is my favorite character ever in anything, mm-hmm. maybe. I love him. I love him to death. Um, I've never. I can sit down and watch any Spider-Man movie, and love it. It doesn't matter whether it's good, whether it's bad. Um, given I don't think we've had a whole lot of bad ones. We'll talk about that later. But I can watch any Spider-Man movie, and I love it. I love it. I love Spider-Man, and I love the character. He's mm-hmm. he's such a legend. You know, he's such a big deal. So, to me. Spider-Man means a lot so I go into this movie and I I really want to like it and I think I'm going to you know because I like most Spider-Man movies and I, I just come in not with a high expectation but just with with a just knowing that I love the character I didn't I didn't I won't say I expected the movie to be great but I will say I expected to have a good time you know interesting to to love it more than i more than i did because i i didn't love this movie i like it i'll say i like it Uh but i I don't love it i don't love it there's there's a lot of good but for everything that's good it's got something that's bad i think um
1: interesting i just you're still like one of the few people i know that have that opinion
0: I know, and I don't want to have that opinion. I want to like it so, so bad, but I just don't. I just don't like it as much as I as much as I thought I would. I want to love it. I mean, I I do, like it for some of the things that it is, but I don't love it. Um, it's like Kevin and, Smith
1: and his thing with Batman versus Superman. I read this thing. It's like he just kept watching because he's like, I know that if I just keep watching it, I'm gonna love it at some point. I'm, he's like, because I want to love this movie.
0: <laughs> that's exactly me. I I literally. You know, I postponed our podcast recording time because I wanted to watch the movie. We're recording this two hours later than we originally planned because I wanted to go back and watch it. Um, and I did go back and watch it today. And I went in and I was like, okay, I'm going to like it this time. I know I am. I'm going to like it. And I, and I still didn't. I just got out of it no more than an hour and a half ago. And I, I feel the same way I did. I, I saw... Some good things for, for instance, my second time around, I didn't, I didn't dislike Mysterio my first time around, but I liked him a lot more the second time, Mm -hmm. but everything else in the movie got a little bit worse. Or I just, I, the things that I thought, maybe I'll like this more now. I didn't, I felt the exact same way. What
1: was like the biggest one out of all those things? Like the thing that just like, you're like, oh. If you just watched right? it again, you're just like, what What was it?
0: Right from the get-go, uh-huh. in the first two minutes of the movie, and this is a joke, and it's a funny joke, I laughed, but in the first two minutes of the movie, they play this In Memoriam video, you know what oh. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And they show all the dead heroes, and they're playing, I will always love you, yada yada yada, and I laughed the first time, the first time I saw it, I laughed, I laughed, because it's a, it's a funny joke, like, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah but i felt so bad about myself for laughing because why because i'll tell you why i'll tell you why because when you look at infinity war and endgame uh-huh. these are two huge 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 emotional comic book films i mean endgame i cried the entire last 40 minutes of endgame just nonstop yeah. like literally it was just so much emotion was evoked from me from those movies and they have all these incredible incredible sequences that really really mean a lot to the fans and they take these characters in infinity war and endgame and a lot of them die obviously you know you lose tony stark obviously he's the big one he dies right so does black widow uh vision dies in infinity war um You lose Captain America in Endgame just because he went back to live a normal life and came back as an old man and stuff. So you have these really, really emotional sequences where you're losing these characters that you've grown up with and you love and you love so much. And to see all of that Mm -hmm. be trivialized in the way it was in Far From Home and for them to set the tone with with that storytelling decision, for them to set the tone... With that as a joke, Uh that hurt. That was was just like, I, I don't know how I can laugh about this. I don't mind. Okay. I don't mind the difference of tone. Sorry, I'm ranting a little bit, but I don't mind the difference of tone in the MCU. That's something that makes the MCU great is you've got yeah. all these movies and they, a lot of them have different feels and different styles to them. You know, you think about Captain America, the Winter Soldier compared to Guardians of the Galaxy. They're very different movies, oh, right? They're on opposite ends so, of the
1: spectrum, yeah.
0: And they were back to back. They were in the same year those two movies were released. Mm-hmm. And that's something that makes the MCU, MCU so great is that they they have a very broad style of movies, I think. So I don't mind going from this dark, heavy tone in Endgame to this lighthearted tone in Far From Home. The problem is how they do it is because they take these dark events that happened in Endgame uh-huh. and they make that the focus of the lightheartedness in Far From Home. Does that make sense? You That's know, funny. it's not yeah. the problem It's not the pro- I don't have a problem with the movie being lighthearted. I enjoy that part. It's a nice yeah. breath of fresh air. Just that part specifically for you. It's the fact that they take and they they kinda continue it a little bit throughout. And it's just kinda like, How how can I take Peter's grief seriously when the movie doesn't take Peter's grief seriously? Wait, what do you when mean they the continue is, it throughout? Like what do you mean by that? The whole thing about the blip. Oh yeah. That joke. Oh. It's a running joke through the whole thing. And it is funny, but it's also like there's a lot that you can explore with this five year gap that they either choose not to or they turn into a joke you know i don't know that, that's, that's funny because that actually
1: the... that was one of my notes too on something that i liked about the movie
0: <laughs> what was it tell me
1: it was because all right so the blip and this idea of them like having this really poorly put together in memoriam you know with uh, what do you call that song playing in the background i actually thought you know, for what this movie is trying to be and what this script is, I was just like, that's really smart, actually. Because isn't that ha- like no offense to any of our younger audiences out there, but wouldn't it th- that be something that a high schooler might actually do? You know, it's like after a while, you're trying to move on from it. So, yeah, you kind of try to just let it go and, you know, try to have a good time about it. And I don't know, it's just one of those things where you're just like everyone came back minus those heroes so of course they're gonna call it something a little funnier you know like the blip because yeah for them it feels especially just like yeah we're five years apart from some of our friends now but of course it's just like we just came back it's like at least we're not you know gone and i don't know i feel like that is just a way that someone a little younger someone like in high school might actually react to that you know and then i thought it was pretty funny too that little part in that in that scene where they show footage of the of them in dodgeball. And then when the people who were playing band came back from the blip, yeah, yeah they got smacked See, in the face. Okay. That was funny.
0: <laughs> I, I did like that. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: And then with the Avengers thing, I don't know, a part of me just like, it is one of those things where it's just like, we've seen some pretty bad jokes about celebrities that have, you know, gone And it took a while for us to get the jokes, but, you know, after a while we did have the jokes. And so for me, it's just kind of like, no, that's kind of realistic. It's like, yeah, at some point they would have turned them into really bad tribute videos and memes almost, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that high schoolers would do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know if I have a problem with the idea that it's realistic of them to do that. Uh-huh. It's just the decision they make that they're making that lighthearted. I don't know. It's just I feel like that's part that they didn't have to include in the film for me at least. No, definitely. Um, I I got you. That's just and that and I have other problems with the film that I wish I didn't have, but that was part of it that that kind of set the tone. And I couldn't get over it the whole time. I was like, why? Why are we making fun of this? I don't know. But well, what else did it moving you like? on? Since you asked. Yeah, I um, want to know.
1: I'm curious now.
0: <laughs> there's a couple things. Here's one. Mm-hmm. In Homecoming. Peter is all into Liz and stuff, we know. And there's this whole arc with him wanting to go to the dance with Liz and all this stuff, you know. Yada, yada, yada. That's his high school crush and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And then it doesn't even hint. Like, you you see MJ in the film, right? In Homecoming, we have MJ. But Mm -hmm. the problem is that in Homecoming, we have MJ and she makes these, you know, she'll make fun of Peter. She pokes fun at him all the time just because, you know, because she likes him. And it's kind of hinted at that, you know, so we know she's kind of got a thing for him. Yeah. But then in Far From Home, the movie just starts off with him liking MJ. Like he's mm-hmm. he's fallen for her and he's got this crush on her. And it never really explains why he likes MJ. Like oh, there's a, a a short bit uh-huh. where he li- he's like she's funny, she's dark, la-la-la-la, and, and then it's like, boom, like literally like five to ten seconds, and then it's pretty generic stuff that he says in the first place, but then we don't see any of that stuff implemented in any of their interactions to where it's like, oh, yeah, he genuinely enjoys being around her, given. I do like the awkwardness, the teenage awkwardness. I think Zendaya and Tom Holland have great chemistry, that but in terms do. of yeah. in terms of the script and the writing, I, I don't think there was much given as to why why we should expect this relationship like what 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 brings these two people together other than it's just a a, a small crush you know and and i don't know Well, wow, that's it, actually
1: a really good point that i never thought about oh yeah that's a, that's a good
0: one i'll give you that it the movie almost expects you to think oh yeah peter parker and mj mm-hmm. that's canon you know, that, it's one of those things where we, it's like,
1: ah, oh, the two highest billed actors. that isn't Jake Hall in this movie. Right. Yeah. They have to well, like each other. And we all other.
0: know, we all know Peter Parker and MJ. That's a classic couple, even though this MJ is a little bit of a different character. Yeah. Like Michelle Jones. That's why she's MJ. But at the core, she's MJ, you know, Peter Parker and MJ. And we know they are going to be together. But I think the movie just kind of expects you to understand that without explaining why. You no, know definitely
1: yeah that's a good one i mean it's it's one of those things where yeah it's like for uh for people who know uh spider-man and mj or peter and mj you know that's a thing you know for i think it's okay for them but it does leave a little left for i don't know i guess more casual viewers to just be like well wait at what point did he start to like her you know or maybe we should have yeah. seen that at least a little bit all right yeah that's fair
0: i just i would have liked something in homecoming to tie it to the movie i think far from home i expected far from home to be a proper sequel to homecoming Uh it's really not it's more of a sequel to To Endgame in a way and it is no definitely i don't i don't totally mind that but there's a lot of things that are in spider-man homecoming that far from home abandons and it's just like they they go a completely different direction. Oh, and yeah. it doesn't make any sense. to Yes, you know? I have
1: one for that. I mean, there's one thing yeah, that bothered me a little bit. I didn't even think about it until my friend pointed it out to me.
0: I think I know what it is, but tell me.
1: Why is it that, you know, I mean, at the end of uh, Homecoming, you end off with such a what the you know moment where Aunt May finds out he's Spider-Man, but then in the beginning of yes. Far From Home, We Don't Exa- Even Get Yes to touch yes, on yes, that. yes 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 <laughs> Yes yeah it's just like oh, oh my gosh oh, it's like they're cool now oh they're just she's cool with it you know there's no that you're out there you know fighting thanos and you've been lying to me about the stark internship it's just okay cool you're spider-man can you come help me with this charity foundation
0: really quick please there's a line in spider-man homecoming where he tells when ned finds out that he's spider-man mm-hmm. and he tells ned he's like Please don't tell it me. That's the first thing he says. And he says, please don't tell it me. If she finds out, it's gonna ruin her life. After all she's been through, she can't know. And so, you know, it's referenced a couple times, multiple times, that Ben Parker obviously existed in this yeah. universe. Um, they even show his suitcase, which I can get into that later if you want, but I have a whole nother <laughs> issue with that. Oh. But we know we know that like it's established in Homecoming. That Aunt May can't know because Aunt May's going to freak out. And then she doesn't freak out. out. She's completely supportive. She calls him on the trip after he fights Hydro Man. And she's like, so how was it? This is why I packed your suit. You should have done it. How's your plan going with MJ? And it's like, you should be worried. This is is something that's so unique to Spider-Man. You can't do this with other superheroes. We don't know how Batman's mom reacts to him being Batman. This is something that Spider-Man... We can see what Spider-Man's mom in essence, you know, his aunt. But we can see what Spider-Man's mom feels about this. And for her to have gone through that with Uncle Ben, she should logically not want it to happen to Peter. She doesn't want to go through that again, you know? So for me, it's like... The fact that she was just so supportive and just (laughs) like, yeah, this is fun. Like, totally cool with it. I was just like, what? What? Why? For me, it's like, I understand the why. Like, if they're
1: going for the whole, like, no, she's just going to be... Really supportive about it, and understand where he's coming from. You know that's that sits well with me. But for me, like we should at least see that though. That's something that you know, if you're gonna leave the off on a cliffhanger like that at the end of Homecoming, I feel like that's something that should at least be addressed at some point in Far From Home. You know what I mean? Even if it's a little thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But and
1: okay, cool. We're on the same page I don't on that like one. It.
0: Yeah. It it was. Ah, ah, that makes me upset, but yeah.
1: Uh, There is one more, there's only one other thing though that I didn't, that for me, it was just like, it was there to be there, but here, go ahead, what do you want to talk about?
0: Say your one more thing, real quick, and then we'll move on.
1: Aunt May and Happy, like...
0: Yeah, that was uh, weird.
1: I don't know, for me, it's not that even that, like, it was weird, like, I I get what they're going for, you know, like, but at the same time just kinda like you know, it kinda slowed down the movie for me. Is that just me? But It It was was
0: it was part of the movie and I think that so this movie was written by the same people who wrote Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh Uh-huh. Another recent MCU movie that I have a lot of problems with that I wanted to like a lot more than I did.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And it's very evident that these movies were written by the same people. To me it's very evident because both of these movies have one one big problem i think and it's that they want to remind you they are forcing you to remember that this movie is light-hearted like there is joke after joke after joke and a lot of them land like they're funny movies but oh, yeah. they lack the emotional depth that i really wanted to see in both of the movies but even in far from home there's just so many jokes and I like the jokes. I like the funny movies. That's a staple of the MCU. It's what makes the MCU great is part of is their humor. Mm-hmm. But this movie just didn't have like the whole, there's, there's just plot lines that are only existent for jokes. Like the Ant-Man happy thing. That's nothing more than a joke. That's all it is. And that's the yeah. only reason it exists. And the Ned and Betty thing. I love that. I love that plot point. It was very funny. The whole Ned and Betty Brant relationship thing on the trip. That was funny. But, like, there's nothing more than a joke. And they didn't develop those characters at all in the whole movie. They are the same exact way that they were at the beginning of the movie. Because they're reduced to a joke the whole movie, you know? So, I just think they really, really, really remind you over and over that it's a lighthearted movie
1: no i feel i mean yeah i mean for me though that's something that has been going on in marvel i mean it's just one of those things where personally like i don't mind the jokes as much but of course coming off of infinity war and endgame it was just like of course those weren't two very joking movies you know what i mean (laughs) and right right i don't know for me it's just like i get your point though and i don't have a problem with the humor either but for it to be a whole plot line just for the joke yeah that was a little excessive i mean we for me it was just like i think they could have snuck in the jokes and made it still funny without having to do those things and yeah i feel like they kind of did just leave ned out there to dry a little bit i mean because he was really great in homecoming but then in this one it was just kind of like oh okay you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah like, um, i don't know
1: i and i like i like his characters just he didn't have much going on for him in this movie
0: right right and there's a lot of a lot of the characters in this movie that's what they are i think in a lot of ways peter parker is like that in this movie and and The way that I see it, you know, uh, this movie employs like a final swing of sorts, you know, where they have this scene at the end. It's something a Spider-Man movie does a lot. The Mm -hmm. amazing Spider-Man one did it really well. Um, The Raimi films did it as well. So they'll have the last scene and it's Spider-Man and he's swinging through swinging through New York. It's triumphant. It's a big moment. Mm -hmm. And you you feel something in that scene because, you know, what the character just faced and how the consequences of those things have affected him and how he came out on top. And he just keeps
1: on getting up and going.
0: Right. But I don't, I don't think he, I didn't feel like Peter Parker changed from the beginning of this movie to the end. What I think I don't, I don't see it because what I, what I can see is there, there is that scene with him and happy, right? Where he, like has this big emotional emotional scene and then he he kind of, you know, takes it upon himself. He makes his own suit and everything, you know. And I like that scene. That had the emotion whenever he kind of exploded on Happy. I loved that. I wanted so much more of that in the movie. Like that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie.
1: I mean, but yeah, go on.
0: I I just didn't I don't feel like he's a different person than he was at the beginning he's he's very much um when he falls down he doesn't pick himself up he gets picked and i'm and i'm kind of this isn't 100 this is this is my thought but i am also taking this from a lot of some other people that i've seen on twitter and youtube they've said this and i agree with it is that when he falls down he doesn't pick himself up he gets picked up by tony he gets picked up by happy he gets picked up by the avengers he gets picked up by his supportive friends and that is not that doesn't change his character that much to me i don't know Mm. it's it, it i don't know i didn't feel triumphant in that final swing moment just because i was like well but how did he change how's he different you know
1: yeah i think for me i felt the character his character changed because it was really about him like stepping up because yeah now it's like there is no more iron man to back him up you know there is no more avengers really to have his back it's really at least for now in, in this movie it's really just him and i mean yes happy's there with the plane and everything but i just feel like but that doesn't I mean all that does is yeah it gets him out of that one spot you know but I felt that yeah. seeing him have that breakdown and that conversation with Happy and he's like Tony wouldn't you know have done what he did if he didn't know that you were gonna be here after him and I don't know I thought that that scene of him building the suit you know in the plane and then going down there and solving it by himself and figure really figuring it out you know on the fly and then using his peter tingle to fight mysterio uh. you know i really thought that showed it was about him stepping up and saying no like i can do this because the whole thing in my like, at least from what i got from it about in the movie was really just about him like having the yeah choose between what do you want you know do you want to just be a friendly neighborhood spider-man or are you gonna be an avenger you know, and and that yeah. and that has to choose. You have to choose between: Are you gonna try to protect your friends? And when he, de- and he tr- when he tried to do that, you know, he almost failed. Well, sort of. You know, it was all the illusion thing at the Ferris wheel. But, anyways, yeah, it's like: Or are you gonna step up and really try to do this by yourself? And you have to stop worrying about them because you have to be an Avenger. And I felt like this was his time to shine. It was really just like about him stepping up to that plate and saying, "You know what? Yeah, I am gonna do this. I can do this." And I don't know. For me, it was just one of those. It's. It was like what they said, in "Into the Spider Verse." For this, for him, it was like it was his leap of faith moment, you know. Because for yeah. him, it was just like, yeah, you don't know if you're gonna be ready to fill Iron Man's void, and that's what he was worried about. And then even in the Mysterio scene, when he when he had him like in that first Mysterio sequence, I wouldn't call it a dream sequence, but yeah, that first illusion sequence, uh, and he had him. It was just, like, and he was just like maybe Tony would like still be here I thought that was kind of what it was going for it's just like well now it's his turn to really just fill that void and then that's why for me it did feel triumphant in the end just because he was able to use his his spider sense and really save the day and for me that's at least that's what I thought the progression was was just that he's going from I'm a friendly neighborhood spider-man to no I'm an avenger you know I'm stepping up for for iron man because he's gone now so I don't know. I, I still felt the progression, but I do see your point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that too. And I, I wanted to feel that way, but I, I just couldn't, I didn't, I didn't get that same feeling from, from the movie that a lot of people seem to have. And I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm hating on the movie. I, yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did, you know? So I, if you are listening to this and you're like, oh my God, Preston hated this movie so much and he's just being a hater, I, I'm not hating on this movie. I just had some problems with it that I didn't think I'd have. If you like this movie, great. If you think this is the best Spider-Man movie ever, great. Like, I I love that for you. You know, I, I want I want you to like movies, you know? I yeah. mean, everyone is entitled to their own opinion and if you love this movie, then that's wonderful for you. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. Unfortunately, (laughs) but that being said, let's talk about something that I did like a little bit more uh, Mysterio. So that I say this with full confidence Mm -hmm. after two viewings, everything I, I am fully confident in this, that first sequence with the Mysterio like acid trip. Yeah. (laughs) When he really, really takes over, like before Peter gets like hit by the train afterwards. Yeah. Like that sequence. Top five MCU sequence. Top five uh, MCU scene. I saw this period. thing.
1: It was like, no scene is ever going to top that uh, mind bending scene from Doctor Strange. And Far From Home said, hold my beer.
0: Yeah. Whoever was in charge of the visuals on that or storyboarded it or whatever, get them on Doctor Strange 2 immediately. Because, oh my God, my jaw. I'm not, I'm not a movie talker, but after that scene, my jaw was dropped the entire time. And after that scene, I I looked over at my dad and I was like, that was the greatest scene ever. <laughs> and it was like that. It, oh, my. I I I couldn't I couldn't stop talking about that scene if I wanted to. I could talk about that forever. No, I remember that was awesome.
1: That. Yeah. I was just like sitting there and I was just like, I can't believe this just is happening. And I'm just like, it's not real. But then for him you know of course it feels so real and then i love that part he's like i know this isn't real he's like do you and then he like drops mj I was and he's just like oh I'll, i was just like oh my god like you really got him and then i don't know for me that was like one of the things too just like it re- i really loved it because it showed sort of like not how weak peter is but just kind of like how vulnerable he is because it that's how much he cares about like his friends and his family and like the people he cares about you know what i mean yeah for sure like it really just Um, emotionally exposed him
0: yeah definitely i i really like that scene and i like mysterio for the most part i thought he was a pretty good villain Mm -hmm. i don't think he topped vulture from homecoming we'll talk about that a little bit later okay cool Um, um, i want to move on yeah yeah i want to move on real quick and talk about them before we rank all the Spider-Man movies. I want to talk about the credit scenes in this movie because they're, they're huge. And we hyped them up two weeks ago in our first episode and theorized what they would be. Uh, we were wrong, but um, yeah, we were hella wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. I, I was definitely wrong. Um,
1: I think I said but, it was the multiverse thing. Yeah. I was, I was super yeah, wrong. Yeah. We don't so even, sad.
0: now we don't even, yeah, whatever. Um, but, I'll say my thoughts on the mid credit scene. Um, I, so I love JK Simmons back as J Jonah Jameson. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I love that. That's, that's just great. I, that was a, that was a great surprise. Um, I was was really happy to see him. I was happy to see him back. And I hope that they bring him back in more Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I don't mind the storytelling decision to reveal Peter's identity to everyone. I don't mind that so much as I mind when it happened. I would have really liked to see this relationship he has with MJ. I would have really liked to see that fleshed out a little bit more before they made that decision. I would have liked to see a, a whole movie of their relationship and that struggle because that dynamic of Peter having to hide his relationship or having to hide his identity is such a big thing for Spider-Man mm-hmm. and you know in the comics he has re- revealed his identity so like I don't have a problem with that I think it's really interesting and definitely could open up some really interesting things in the future of the MCU so I am excited for what they do I just wish they would have waited a little bit to do it
1: got you you
0: know I mean um,
1: I don't know I, I... I don't know how to feel about it yet just because, you know, we don't see the aftermath of it, of course. But for me, I just hope it isn't another, like, uh, homecoming moment where there's this big reveal. And then when we get Spider-Man 3, eh, that you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, there's no way he's Peter exactly. Parker. And then yeah. they all just walk part away.
0: Me, yeah, part of me thinks that John Watts just wanted to do another end credit scene that mirrored the first one where it ended with a main character saying, what the... F- and then it cuts away. Yeah. Because, because Spider-Man said it like Peter said it at the end of this one too. So I don't know, I guess we'll see. We'll see what they do with it, but it, it opens the door for a lot. Um, real quick. Let's talk about that final credit scene. That last one.
1: Oh God. Yeah. That I was like, what,
0: <laughs> why, why did it happen? What's I, it's funny. I guess it's a fun little gag. I love seeing Talos. He it's is like, one Taylor's, of my favorites. Yeah. Whatever he's one of my favorite characters that the mco has introduced in the past two or three years Mm -hmm. i love him and when i saw him i was super happy because i love him and i love ben Mendelssohn's performance as him he's so funny i just i love him but i was also just kind of like why why do that i don't know it seemed it's fun but it seemed kind of pointless i guess
1: i think for me it's just that because they said that this is the movie that ends this phase right so when we go to the next phase four of course we're yeah we're gonna get something so for me i feel like well what if that's just what if for me i thought it was just like that just means we have to have something big coming you know i mean we could have uh what, what is that comic run with the with the scrolls i'm really secret back. invasion yeah i was about to say secret wars i was like no that's not right yeah secret invasion yeah. there we go that that could be a thing but I think for, or sword could be a thing. I saw that on Twitter, but then yeah, the thing that someone pointed out to me that I thought was really interesting was, okay, so if he just revealed that he's a scroll, right? How does yeah. that mean that this entire time Nick Fury wasn't uh, Nick Fury? That what if it was Talos the entire time from the Avengers initiative, like from the beginning?
0: Like, That's is that, another thing is we, yeah. we don't know how long. He's been a scroll, So maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Has
1: Nick Fury been in space this entire time? You know, it's just like, or what about Maria Hill? You know, is she in space with him? Like, where'd she go? But
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe they'll explore it more. I kind of think it's just kind of a throwaway. Thing, uh, uh, i not think can, though
1: i want to say you're right but i feel like i've learned from marvel there's no way it's just a throwaway because even howard the duck i thought that was a throwaway and he showed up at right. least to make a cameo in in, right. in endgame so for me you I'm know like, I, this is this means something
0: i hope not i hope it's not a throwaway but we'll see uh so that being said uh let's move on we're mm-hmm. gonna rank all eight spider-man films plus venom just just for fun. I don't know. It's fun to throw it in there. So, uh yeah, so we're going to give our rankings for all of them. Um mm-hmm. I know that both of us actually have some uh unpopular opinions on a couple of these movies. So, let's let's get into it. I'll let you go first. What is counting all the Spider-Man movies and Venom, mm-hmm. what is your number 9?
1: Spider-Man 3. I mean, it's so okay. hard for me to watch that movie, <laughs> uh, for for very really obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, that like when I say that, I mean it's not it's not as bad as Finn Stick*, you know. If yeah. we're if we're going that yeah. far, but no, I mean, I just feel like it's really and uh, just keep in mind with a lot of these rankings, I feel like a large part of it is Tobey Maguire. You know, I love Tobey Maguire as an actor, but. I just don't think Spider-Man was his strongest performance even in any of those three movies. And then Topher Grace, too. And once again, I love Topher Grace, you know? Uh, He's had good roles, like in Interstellar, even the entire run of that 70s show. But his performance as Eddie Brock was just... I I couldn't buy into it. And then the shoehorned Gwen Stacy in there, I just, I just didn't find it enjoyable. I loved the one thing for me that i did enjoy was sandman he was really fun to have in there and i thought that out of everybody he had the best character development and for me that's just that's pretty much all there is to say about that movie and that's the sad part because i really wanted to like it a lot more especially when it came out and even rewatching it now i'm just like man i i really wish i could have enjoyed this movie more but what's your number nine
0: my number nine uh Is Venom? I think every single Spider-Man movie has been better than Venom. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I think Venom is an anomaly when it comes to recent movies because it very much feels straight ripped out of 2002. Uh When you look at the script and the villain, it's all very much like, what? And then even Eminem is rapping in the credits. Like it's so weird. Hey man, that was a good track i'm not upset about the song it's not bad but it's just weird to me it just feels everything is from the early 2000s and it's very odd that being said the cgi and the cinematography in mm-hmm. venom are great they're incredible okay and the I action like, yeah, pretty good. scenes good i really i really enjoy those but yeah. everything else about the movie is 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 a letdown to me so what's your number eight
1: my eight is venom uh, mainly okay. for those reasons too like yeah you're right it does feel like this movie could have came out and been really good in 2005 but for what it is now the one thing that really does save it is tom hardy his performance as mm-hmm. eddie brock is really good and his relationship as corny as sometimes the writing is for the symbiote or for yeah for the venom symbiote i feel like he had to that the way that those characters are written together and the way they bounce off each other is really good. do I think their their dialogue can be a little corny yeah and can yeah. a lot of the movie just be like yeah a little old, yeah, especially the villain, mm-hmm. but
0: oh he's terribly like, written
1: right right yeah, it's so bad it's just yeah, yeah Carlton but, Drake is yeah. is
0: one of the worst written characters ever
1: and so for me that's why it's at number eight i mean for me it's like at least it's still fun to watch like i can still watch it because and it's fun to watch because yeah you like the action you know you like seeing venom on screen but if we really have to be you know judging it as a film yeah i'd put it at number eight what's your number eight
0: my number eight is uh spider-man three so we just kind of we're in the ballpark yeah 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 um so Spider Man three, I feel it's it's weird. I think it takes everything from the first two movies, and flip flops it, because I really like the cinematography, I really like the colors, and I really I think that MJ is a really good character for maybe the first time in the series, and I think <laughs> Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst actually have the best chemistry in that movie. As opposed to the other two movies, their chemistry is god awful. Maybe it's because they actually had some.
1: They hate each other for a little bit.
0: (laughs) Maybe the scenes that they had, it was it was a lot. Like I I I believed it a lot more when they were together. So, Mm -hmm. I think it took that and it flipped it. But then it also took the good things about the first two and flipped that. So the characters and the story are are bad. I just think they're bad. The story Mm -hmm. is so messy, you know? It's got too many subplots going on and not enough time to develop them. Venom comes out of nowhere, um, as does the whole Harry subplot. And then the Sandman subplot, like you said, I I enjoy it too. I think it's maybe the best, most fleshed out of them all. I think he would have been... A better if it was just him as the villain, that would have been solid. But I know that that's what Sam Raimi wanted, but the studio interfered and said, "Hey, we want Venom in this movie. We want this. We want this." So they really, I think the studio is to blame. So it's the studios that get you, man. It is. It is, and I think they, I think they ruined Spider-Man three. But it's interesting to me because I think it just takes some of the the good things about from the first two, and it makes it bad. And then it takes the bad things from the first two, and it flips them and it makes them good. But overall that leaves you with more bad than good i think so yeah let's move on what is your number seven all right my number seven is spider-man one
1: for me it's just i feel like the movie just doesn't age well when it first came out of course you really enjoy it but for me it's just the cinematography i just can't get past it it's really I, I hate to say it, you know, for lack of better words, but it's a little hard to watch. But, of course, I feel like that's just because yeah. it, it hasn't aged well. I mean, there are movies from the 60s that are still beautiful to watch, like 2001. You yeah, know, that's, that's an old movie that's still really good to watch, and even cinematography-wise. Yeah. But for the for Spider-Man 1, it was just really hard for me to keep watching that. I feel like yeah, maybe there's, like I said, I don't know everything about the movie-making process and casting or something, but... Something that got to me, even when back then, when I watched it, was they're supposed to be in high school or something like that. And everyone looks like they're 40. I was like, wow, they're, they're I was like Flash in that movie. He looks old. I was like, wow,
0: yeah. that's, that's a they big are, dude. They are, they are all too old for sure. I was like, that's a big dude. Um.
1: And then what else? Of course, I loved the Uncle Ben storyline going. That was, I think, the highlight of the movie. But Aside from that, even Willem Dafoe was good, but some parts of his performance, I was just like, was I was kind of confused. Not gonna lie, like I was like, what was going on? Like, was he crazy or what was, what was up with that? I loved his yeah. scene at the end. That is, that combined that scene with the, the scene right before Uncle Ben dies. Those are like my favorite scenes of that movie. But I don't. I still wouldn't say Spider Man is a bad movie, though like that i think for context that should be clear like i don't think spider-man's a bad movie it's just not as good as the remaining six but and then of course yeah toby Maguire's performance with kirsten dunst in that one it was i just couldn't do it and then the one thing that still gets to me is the swinging mannequin i mean
0: yeah 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 yeah. that's (laughs) that that part's pretty funny um yeah for sure my number seven is spider-man far from home I, wow. I like, yeah, it's sad, but for context, I think that the other six, like the six that I'm going to talk about that I put above Spider-Man Far From Home are all really good. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think it's hard to beat those. I think those are all really good. Um, Yeah, we've kind of been lucky I with think all sp- the
1: Spider-Man movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think Spider-Man three is the only bad Spider-Man movie. I think Spider-Man Far From Home is decent it's good but it's not great and i think the remaining six are all really good so moving on what's your what's your number six
1: all right so my number six is amazing spider-man 2 i just okay it still blows me away like i can't see all the hate that this movie gets like there is a oh i'm not gonna lie there are some lines i'm just like oh Okay, but aside from you're that, a
0: fraud, Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, poor Dane DeHaan though. He's a good actor, and you know sometimes you yeah. just get stuck with bad direction or a bad script, and you know it happens. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's yeah. a line in there that's "I love you because I love you." I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. But <laughs> I mean, aside from yeah. those things, the cinematography is great, the visual effects are great, the score is great, the story minus Peter's parents out of that. The only thing that did service for was him finding his dad's stuff but aside from that yes, peter peter's parents in the beginning was really not needed i don't know why that was there but yeah aside from the that,
0: action scene I, with them in the plane
1: yeah but even um electro i liked his character i felt like he had a good reason to be upset you know he was just kind of the truth is yeah he was just kind of a weird dude who really really he was kind of like syndrome, you know. He really idolized the Spider Man, and then when he when he felt like Spider Man betrayed him, of course he's gonna get angry and go nuts on Spider Man, and then with Green Goblin, Goblin, I mean, the Dane DeHaan's character is. I thought he was well, really well written too. He just, you know, he had a bad relationship with his dad, and then things go south. He finds out he's getting sick too. He feels like he's getting betrayed by Spider Man, and so. <laughs> And of course, when he yeah. finds out that it's Peter, that's even it's like you're my friend, man. Like you're what, what the hell? Like we we're supposed to be friends. Like why aren't you helping me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so it's just like yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then a lot of another thing is too like I don't see the whole they shoehorn uh Rhino in there, right? Rhino the the mech suit. Yeah, I don't know. For me, yeah. it's just like I don't think that he's just shoehorned in there. I think he's just not supposed to be that big of a deal. It's just another day in New York City for Spider Man. <laughs> yeah yeah. for
0: sure what about you my uh my number six is the amazing spider-man one uh i think and i like i really like that movie Mm -hmm. um and we can talk more about the amazing spider-man two a little bit later but uh i i really like the amazing spider-man one i like it because you know i think I think the first act of that movie is pretty slow. It takes a while for that movie to, to, to find its footing and get going. But when it does, it really does, you know, it really picks up. And obviously Andrew Garfield and Emma stone, their chemistry is off the charts. Incredible. Just, Mm -hmm. they take maybe a script that's not incredible and they make it incredible. And, and I love that. Um, but yeah, I really like that movie for sure. It, uh, I think their chemistry makes the entire movie. I think their chemistry is what makes the movie good. Like it, it carries it so that it's not bad, but it also propels it to where it makes it good. So yeah, that's that's my number six. What's your number five?
1: My number five is Spider Man Two. Um. Oh yeah, that's I like Spider Man Two. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's just like I said. I just can't get past Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I feel like it's not... A, like I just can't believe his performance sometimes as Spider-Man. As Peter Parker, yeah, sure. But as Spider-Man himself, sometimes, no. It's really hard to see past that. And then I didn't... I like Doc Ock, sort of. A little part of me was just, yeah, he went crazy because the chip in his back broke. You know, I mean, yeah, he had of course the events leading up to that but for the most part yeah that just it struck me the wrong way because he was such a nice guy and he was a good dude but because yeah. he had this ai on him like he goes insane all of a sudden and then yeah i get it and another the thing that got to me too was the way they talked about peter losing his powers because he didn't want to be spider-man anymore and i got that you know it's one of those things it's like it's a choice you know it's hard to choose to be Spider-Man when choosing to be Spider-Man is so hard. But at the same time, I felt that him physically losing his powers while he's swinging in the air was a little was a little corny for me. You know, it was a little on the nose. And for me, it was more like it would have been a lot more it would have been a lot more powerful if he made actively made the decision, even with the powers. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, but because it was just I'm losing my powers while I'm swinging, know. For me, it just felt. It felt a little corny so for me it's not and it's not like i said it's not a bad movie it's just, i just don't think it's as good as the remaining four but yeah what is what is your number five
0: my number five is spider-man one um i really like it i think it's just a hair better than the amazing spider-man one mm-hmm. there for me there's just so much heart in the movie the characters are incredible everything is just developed so so well i my only gripe is that mj is kind of a damsel in distress a lot of the time and she's like that in every single one of these movies and that's my biggest gripe with her character but other than that i really really like like the characters in the story i think they're developed so well i'm just the heart the heart in that movie and in spider-man 2 just (laughs) ugh i can't i can't put it into words how how much i love it i mean yeah i
1: mean i feel like that is the one thing about the original raimi trilogy is that yeah uncle ben especially in spider-man one really does set such a high bar for what's going to happen next in peter's journey and i feel like they do a good job at least of him following out on that you know with great power comes great responsibility i feel like that the whole movie really does a good job of continuing that mantra and, you know, really going with it and centering around that, even in Spider-Man 2.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right,
1: so what's your number four? So my fourth is The Amazing Spider-Man 1. For me, it's just, yeah, you can't get past the Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone chemistry. They're on screen together. They do really well. They bounce off each other. But aside from that, I do love that we still see the uncle ben storyline and how it sends him into this rage and of course he's lost for a while but he knows that you know he wouldn't his uncle wouldn't want him doing this and then i just felt like too that script moves really fast Uh, yeah that that movie feels really short and in -hmm. terms of it being really epic and paying off in the end that crane that crane scene is really good because it finally is just like Things are starting to work for him, and especially because it was like you remember how he got mad at Flash, right? After his yeah. after his uncle died, even though Flash was trying to be nice. It finally felt like the world gave him one because he did something right. Because he finally he helped that uh, that guy. He saved his kid. It finally felt like this city is with Spider Man. And uh, for me it felt like that was such a boost for Peter's character. It's like, no, like I can do this. And then I actually really like the villain in in this one just because i liked his motivation i mean he was so he lost his arm and he was trying to find this cure and of course he's getting upset and angry but for him it was really just a matter of science you know it was about we can be better than what we are next and he really does become that mad scientist and for me, it's not. I understand it's like not the strongest motivation in the world, but it was still on screen and in the within the context of the script, it made sense. But yeah, yeah. And for me, it really. I like him too. Yeah, yeah. and he was a really good actor too. And so for me, I just thought uh-huh. that the in the Amazing Spider-Man one, Peter just really came into Spider-Man, and that's really what what it was about. Was it took basically the heart of Spider-Man one. And did that with better cinematography and better acting for me. Yeah, and that's why I have it yeah. so high.
0: I can see that. My number four, people will not like this. My number four is Amazing Spider-Man Two. Ooh. Um, no one likes this movie, and I don't get it. I love this movie. I think it's so good. There's so it is ah, so good. It's so, I ah I. Could, that was one of my big thoughts after watching Far From Home and being so so meh about it. I was like, I just want to go home and watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 because that does Spidey right in a way that I feel like I felt that Far From Home didn't. And people would slap me in the face just to hear me say that, but I really think it's true. Like I I love Amazing Spider-Man 2. I it's super fun. I will say the plot, the subplot with Peter's parents and all that—that was unnecessary. You can cut that out. But everything else in the movie, I really like. I like Electro. I like the new Goblin. I, I like the Rhino. Um, I, he was small, and I think the problem that people had with it was that he was marketed to be a big character, and he ended up small. But I really like. I like all the villains. I love Peter in this movie. Peter and uh, Gwen Stacy. I think their relationship has taken a new heights. I really felt it whenever Gwen Stacy died in the end. A lot of people say, a lot of people are like, that should have been their own movie. Fell out of place. No, no, I felt it. That, that hurt. Like that was real. That was so raw. And that was just a part of the movie that I absolutely loved. I don't have enough good things to say about this movie. I, I just really like it. Uh, let's move on what's your number three one more
1: thing especially because the whole movie was about him trying to like that part where he was just like do i have to lose you too about gwen and then in the end he loses her anyways uh yeah that that killed me <laughs> but okay yeah number three for me is far from home Far okay far from home is really good i mean yeah we just spent the whole episode talking about it so i won't say much but great villain uh, the music I feel like is okay, but for the most part, great cinematography, great story. The first third of the movie is a little slow, you know, explaining. Oh, I'm going on to this school trip. I really like MJ. Yeah, a little.
0: I it's slow. That was another thing I didn't like about the movie was the first act. I was, was just like, okay, let's, let's get going. Yeah, but you act know, two but and three, know
1: yeah, it's pedal to the metal. Like you're going. I was just like, oh my god, that was really good. So that's why for me. Yeah, I spent the whole episode talking about it. So, but yeah, Far From Home, that number three.
0: My number three is Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, this is actually one of, my, one of my top MCU films is Homecoming. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who, I've noticed the people who tend to share my opinion on Far From Home in that they wanted it to be better and just felt kind of meh about it and didn't love it. Mm-hmm they don't like homecoming either and i don't really get that because i am i might be the only person that i've seen that loves homecoming and was disappointed in far from home uh i love spider-man homecoming i think vulture is incredible he's a top five mcu villain and no one talks about it anymore and i wish they would because he was so so good what puts him above Mysterio for me is that he has a personal tie to Peter. Mysterio, mm. I never felt the stakes in Far From Home, which that's a different movie, so I'm going to talk about about Homecoming. Vulture has this personal tie with Peter, being that one, you know, he knows who he is, obviously. But two, this, this bond that they, this what's the word? They have this mutual, you know, person in their lives who they both really care about in Liz, and that that makes the dynamic between them so so good. There's stakes and it's so serious because you know, if Vulture kills Peter, Liz is hurt. If Peter kills Vulture, Liz is hurt. They can't win. Neither of them can can win. So it's very. It just makes it. It makes for a really good villain. The Vulture twist when he opens the door at Liz's house. We've talked about it before on this podcast. We'll probably talk it about it again because I absolutely love it. <laughs> That's one of the only scenes that had me just so shook in the theater that I I was just unbelievably shook. I couldn't think couldn't even I couldn't even. Uh but you know, I I really love I love Spider-Man Homecoming um a whole lot. That's my number 3. What's your your number 2? Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> okay. I
1: mean, yeah, for me the only thing I have to add on to that is i just loved how like for me the only thing that like really puts it that really just puts it above far from home is yeah vulture because he's such a good villain yep. and for me it was just yep. that he's so relatable you know for me it was like yeah mysterio was like yeah i'm doing this for revenge because tony he screwed me you know he he laughed at my life's work and called it barf but for for vulture it's just that no he's just like i'm just a dude trying to provide for my family yeah. You know, and there's nothing more, I love that. there's nothing more relatable than that. You know? And for me, it was just like, and yeah, you're right. It was like, none of us can win. And for Vulture, it's like, I'm already not winning because I have to do this just to provide for my family. You know, it's just like, yeah. I mean, I'm, he's happy clearly doing it, but of course is it ideal No, But yeah, for me, yes. Homecoming really just, and for me, I love that it was a fresh take and that we a part of me wishes that we did get the uncle ben storyline but a part of me is also just like well maybe tony is what's more important to peter at least in this mcu and so that's why for me spider-man homecoming is just it was just really good and of course the music and everything the cinematography down to the mechanics of it it is just really good and then of course the script is really tight as well but that's my number two right go ahead what's your number two
0: my number two is spider-man 2 uh I think this movie, and I understand your gripes with it, with the acting and the cinematography. But for me, the acting, it, it serves its purpose. It's not incredible performances, but I, I, I'm sold on it. I, I like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, more than most, more than a lot of people do. Um, but this movie, to me, is so close to perfect. I love everything about it. I love Peter's arc. I love Otto's arc. Um, Otto being Doc Ock, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I, And obviously, like I said, the heart of the film is just through the roof, in my opinion. It is so evident how, how much this movie meant to the people making it and all this. I, I mean, ugh. ugh. Um, but I love the arcs. The thing that keeps it from being perfect for me is two things. One, uh, Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire don't have the chemistry that they had in Spider-Man 3, which obviously that wasn't enough to save that movie, but it was enough to knock this movie just a tiny notch down to where I don't think it's a perfect movie Um, because they do still have the worst chemistry ever. (laughs) Um, And then the whole uh, Harry arc in this movie with james franco Mm -hmm. i'm not a hundred percent sold on it i don't i don't love james franco as harry osborne and i i wanted to like it more but his arc in this movie also kind of brings it down another notch but yeah so that being said can we both agree that the best spider-man movie is spider-man into the spider-verse
1: is the reigning champion yes yeah. Into the Spider-Verse.
0: Yeah. That's just something else, man. That's a perfect movie. It's flawless. Oh yeah. It's flawless. Like I can't find a flaw.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it moves so quick. You know, as soon as Miles gets into the car for his first day at school, it's just like, boom, you're running. And yeah you don't even it's, know it.
0: <laughs> it's so it's so good. I something that's interesting about Into the Spider-Verse that I have noticed so I have a lot of friends and I try to like movies more than I dislike movies. Mm -hmm. And I typically do, but I have a lot of friends who dislike movies more than they like movies. I know people who are, in my opinion, overly critical of movies and it could help them a little bit to lighten up, you know, but even including them, I've never seen anyone who didn't like this movie. Same. Like this is so universally loved in a way that, almost no movie is maybe the dark Knight. <laughs> like it's it's at that level to where it's just it, everybody loves it and i love that
1: yeah i mean i I always knew i loved shameek more but he did this one and i was like man you, you really are the perfect miles morales too <laughs> like that's crazy yeah and then yeah that's the thing too especially for it to be an animated movie that's bold but I don't think this movie could have been done any other way. Like this movie had to be animated and
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's just the script is just really, it's so tight. You can't, I can't find a flaw in it. There isn't a corny line. There isn't a dull moment, you know, everything matters. And I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Every single thing is, is so good in the movie. I, I love it. I think it really is flawless. You can't pick out, any flaw in the whole movie and that's so hard to find but yeah so that's that's this has been our thoughts on spider-man uh let's finish it out one one word no not one three words to describe spider-man far from home go three
1: words to describe far from home oh man emotionally riveting and i guess fun (laughs) it is fun i mean i don't know for me it's just like it really does put you in the shoes of peter's and it really does have you feeling like oh my god for me it had me feeling really anxious i mean it never had me feeling really sad which i guess yeah that's okay but it did have me feeling for peter and anxious but and it is still a yeah. really fun movie. Maybe a little too much fun at some times, but it's still fun. Go ahead. Your turn. Yeah.
0: My my three words are good not great. Huh. That's it is good. That's fair. I think it's good. I just don't think it's great. So, yep. Thus uh this has been our thoughts on Spider Man Far From Home and our rankings of all the Spider Man movies, including uh Sony's Venom. So <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, my username is at Preston C Raymond is Rvinya R V I N Y a H. Uh, we also work for a website called the cinema spot. If you want to follow that on Twitter, it's the cinema spot, just like I said. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, We'll be back next week. Not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but it'll be some juicy stuff for sure. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. See you next week, y'all.